1 Samuel chapter 18. We were there last week and we read from verse 5 through a few verses. We're actually going to go back and we're going to read the first four verses. I want to talk to you about a distinction between Saul, who we talked about last week, his insecurity that caused him to make assumptions about David that actually ended up ruining his life. I want to talk to you today about the distinction between Saul and his son, Jonathan. Jonathan treated David in a completely different way than Saul did, and because of it, so much of his life went a different direction. And I, I, want, to, I want to encourage you in this today, that even though Saul was insecure, and Saul had some patterns as a father, Jonathan did not repeat those patterns, even though he was Saul's son because Jonathan made a decision that he first of all he knew who God was and because he knew who God was it's an amazing thing Jonathan was so confident in who he was and the Bible says that he was so confident that he was able to develop a relationship with David that was beyond any real uh, relationship that we had seen up until this point this is a dramatic uh, shift in how uh, Saul's uh, life uh, went. This is a dramatic shift in how Jonathan's life went. This is a dramatic shift in how David's life went. All because this man Jonathan was secure. Come on, somebody. Secure, being secure in who God has called you to be can change your life. Can change your life. So I, I think this is the last week I'm going to talk about security. I got to tell you up front, uh, you better be at church next week. I'm not preaching. Uh, my anniversary is next week. It will be married 23 years next Sunday. So we're going to skip church. But um, I think you should be here next week. But I, I want to I share this with you today. First Samuel chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 1. We're going to read through verse 4. It says, after David had finished talking with Saul... Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Verse 4, Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic, even his sword his bow, and his belt. It's powerful. And in those four, four verses, we're going to discover something about our own security that leads us to honor others that will open up the windows of heaven over our life. I want to read two verses to you. You don't have to turn there, but you can write these down. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection, this is that type of relationship that Jonathan and David had. Outdo one another, Romans 12.10 says, in showing honor. Outdo one another. The only thing I should be competing with you in is this. Outdoing you in honoring you. That's the, only way, that's the only reason I should compete with you. is to be better to you than you are to me. <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17 says, Honor 
everyone. So if, if at any point in this message you're wondering, are there people who I get to dishonor? I wanted to read this verse to you so you understand the Bible teaches honor who? Everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king or the emperor. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. And I'm asking for your help. I need your help. In this intensely divided season that we find ourselves, honor is rare. So help me, God, to express your heart for your people today through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. When you look at the story of Jonathan and David, it's a powerful story of friendship. And uh, I'm really thankful for this story because it expresses to me so many different things. But what I see in this story is a story uh, about honor. It's about a man named Jonathan who saw something in David that David didn't see in himself. Because he saw something special about David, he honored David. And if anyone in this story should have been insecure about the presence of David in their life, it should have been Jonathan. Saul is already the king. He's already the king. He's, he's, he's set. He's in his place. He has his throne. The person who should be the most secure in this situation, Saul, who's the king, is the most insecure person in this situation. And the person who should be the most insecure in this situation, Jonathan, because obviously as his son, as Saul's son, he's the heir to the throne. And here comes David in, and everybody loves David, and everybody's surrounding David, and everybody's praising David. But Jonathan does something so unreal. Jonathan is so secure in who he is that he honors who God has called David to be. Isn't that an amazing thing? Honor just means to give weight to, to make honorable, to show respect. Honor is really a gift that we choose to give. And who we choose to honor and who we choose to dishonor is affecting not only our future, but our children's future. This isn't the end of the story for Jonathan and David. They have so many different interactions. And Jonathan is a fascinating character because Jonathan is able to maintain honor for his father, who is a dishonorable person. But he's able to maintain honor for his father and also honor for David, while David and Saul are enemies. Isn't this an incredible thing? That he was able to maintain his honor for his father, who was a dishonorable man. And he's also able to maintain honor for David, who is an enemy to the king. It's a powerful story. You should study Jonathan's life because Jonathan's life is one that expresses to us how honor is not only affecting our future, but honor is affecting the future of our children. Because even though Jonathan dies on the same day and time that his father dies, Jonathan still has children that are left in the earth. And one of those kids, his name is Mephibosheth. And in 2 Samuel chapter 9, the Bible says David is looking around and he's, he's, he's asking this question. He says, is there not anyone left of Saul's house that I can show honor to for Jonathan's sake? And he says, as a matter of fact, David, there is, there is somebody. 
He lives in this place called Lodabar. His name is Mephibosheth, and he is crippled. And David says, bring Mephibosheth to me. And this is what David says to Mephibosheth in 2 Samuel chapter 9 and verse 7. Mephibosheth comes to him and he's afraid because he, he just believes he's been hiding out in Lodabar because he believes that because Saul was David's enemy that David is now going to kill him. And David brings him to him and he says, don't be afraid for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of who? Your father, Jonathan. Who Jonathan chose to honor did not just affect his future, but it affected the future of his children. And so the Bible says, David says, I will show you kindness for the sake of your father. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. I think this message is important today because I think right now we live in a culture of dishonor. I believe we live in a culture of dishonor. There's no honor for authority. There's no honor for life. There's no honor for people who we disagree with. There are no, there's no honor in our culture. It's, it's rare. There's, there's so much dishonor in our culture that that even the two people that are supposed to represent the best of us. A few weeks ago, we watched them on a stage as they dishonored each other. Can we talk about this today? Like, it's a culture of dishonor. As the president interrupted the former vice president, the former vice president told the president of the United States on national television to shut up. It's a culture of dishonor. It's a culture of dishonor. And the Bible doesn't give us the liberty to dishonor people just because we disagree with people. Come on, man. Because I want want to challenge you in this because, because for everybody who honors the president right now because he's the guy you picked... I want you to hear this message today because if he doesn't get picked again next week, whoever wins the election, you must honor. (laughs) I think that's why the world is so frustrated with the church right now is because for eight years we called Obama the Antichrist. And for these past eight years, we've been praying for this guy. Because it's easy to honor the person you pick, you respect, you admire. But where we differentiate ourselves as Christians from the rest of the world is when we honor people who we don't agree with. Come on, somebody. Just go ahead and clap your hands right now, even though you're not happy about this. I didn't come to church to hear this. Because I wanted to complain for the next four years after this. No, you can't complain. You have to honor. Honor is being tested right now. Honor is being tested, first of all, by how you handle. I'm going to give you three ways today, and I might give you six total, but I, I don't think I can get into all six and actually get descriptive about 
them, so I'm, I'm going to give you all six, but I don't know if I'll get into the details of all six. But honor is tested, first of all, by how we handle the success of other people. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, the Bible says Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters even here with us? The Bible says they took offense at him. They were offended at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own his own town, his hometown among his relatives and his own home. And verse 5 gives us some insight into what dishonor does. It says, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Wow. Let's deal with a couple things here. First of all, Jesus goes into the temple. He's teaching and everybody hearing him is blown away. They're, they're, they're amazed. They can't believe this guy is special. This guy, his inside is incredible. But then they start to recognize, okay, this guy is amazing, but this guy came from Nazareth. He's, he's one of us. Aren't his, I mean... Aren't his brothers and sisters from here, aren't his sisters actually even in the crowd? Wasn't he the son of the carpenter? Now watch this. Jesus was amazing until they found out where he was from. Why? Because people are fine with you doing better as long as you didn't come from where they came from. Because if you are doing better and they're not, it's a reflection of their insecurity. So, so you know this to be true. Some of the most surprising places to get hated on are from your own family and friends. Because people are fine if you're doing well. They're just not good if you do better. <laughs> and so they didn't like Jesus because Jesus came where they came from. And because he was doing better, it revealed to them something that they were insecure about in themselves. And so because of this, the Bible says they could not honor him. And because they could not honor him, he could not do any. Miracles there. One, one translation says mighty works. Why? Because he, he healed a few sick people. But, but as far as raising people from the dead, opening the blinded eyes, you know, opening deaf ears, all of ta telling crippled people to get up and walk. He couldn't do any of it. Why? Because they didn't honor him as God's son. And God, because he is holy, it would be an offense to his holiness. It would be a sin against himself for God to honor dishonor. Yeah. Amen. Amen. 
Now, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, and I'm going to say this as a reflection of our day and time. Could it possibly be that the lack of supernatural things in the church and in our nation as a whole have to do with a lack of honor? Could it be that I talk bad about people all week and then show up to church and expect God's presence to show up? And, and God says, I love you, but I will not honor dishonor. Amen. I'm going to say some things to you. Can I, can I teach you a little bit today? Like, I, I need us to understand this because I really believe with all of my heart that so much of our lack has to do with dishonor. Um, for instance, Jesus says, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. And then the Bible says he could not do. Isn't that a fascinating way to put it? It doesn't say he did not. Mark 6 says he could not. Because God cannot violate his own Holiness. The, o- the only reason we're saved and going to heaven is because God's holiness has been met in Jesus. Jesus' coming was not a relaxation of the law of God or the word of God. Jesus' coming was a, real- a realization for us that we could never keep his word. So he did for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So he, he intervened. And the only reason God is able to accept us is not because we are good. It's because Jesus is good. Right? So his, his holiness has, has been met by the blood of Jesus. So his, his holiness is a real, a real thing. Can I, can, I, can I say to you today that your financial situation is not a reflection of God's love for you. It's not. Because there are people in the room who really are loved by God and don't have much. There are people in the room today who are really loved by God and have a lot. The difference is honor. This is going to get me in a whole lot of trouble. When you don't honor God, you don't believe God. Jesus made the connection. They didn't honor me. The Bible says he was amazed at their unbelief. A lack of belief is really a lack of honor. That's why God honors faith, because faith honors God. If I honor God, I believe God. And if I believe God, I obey God. And if I obey God, I get the results that God's word says I get when I obey God. Woo, man. So your limitations and your lack are not connected to God's love. Your limitations are connected to your inability to honor That's not popular. 
But that's so biblical. Watch this. This is why you have to watch a couple things in your life. The Bible says they were offended. Can I tell you this? Easily offended people are prone to dishonor. Easily offended people. These are people who are offended when people get blessed. And these types of people rarely get blessed because they cannot celebrate the success or the blessing of other people. And you cannot receive in your life what you refuse to honor in someone else's life. It's just, it's just Bible. <laughs> they were amazed by his preaching. They knew where he came from. They didn't, they liked what he was saying, but they didn't like where he came from. They liked what he was saying, but they didn't like what he, he looked like. They liked what he was offering, but they didn't like the package it came in. And so many people like what God's offering, but they don't like the obedience that's required <laughs> to receive what God is offering. Oh, my goodness. So the Bible says he could not. Dishonor has no place in the kingdom of God. No place. So first, my ability to honor others is tested in how I handle their success. Secondly, my ability to honor others is tested in how I handle people's failures. How do I honor people who it seems like they're failures? <laughs> Man, in Genesis chapter 9, there's a story about Noah. And Noah, they've, they've gotten off the ark. And Noah has planted a vineyard. And Noah starts to drink from the vineyard. And the Bible says Noah gets pretty drunk. Because if you had been stuck on a boat for 40 <laughs> days and nights with your family, you'd be drinking too. Just heads up. <laughs> You'd plant a vineyard as well. <laughs> so he gets, he gets drunk one night. And the Bible says that his son Ham comes into the room where he is and his father is there. He's completely naked. And Ham runs out of the room and he tells his other brothers. Not thinking anything really of it. Tells his other brothers, Japheth and Shem. And they, they come in the room and they don't even enter the room with their eyes directed towards their father. They actually enter the room backwards, the tent where he is. They walk in backwards and they cover their father up. What a beautiful story of honoring people, covering people when they fail. But watch what happens when Noah wakes up. Noah is a prophet of God. He declares the word of the Lord. And even though Noah has made some mistakes, he's still the prophet of God. The Bible says when he comes out, he's angry with him. And the Bible says he starts to speak prophetically over his children. And he says to him, he says, Cursed is Canaan, your son. He will always work. He will always be subject to his brothers.
And he starts to prophesy over Japheth and Shem, and he says, you will expand. You will grow. You will increase. You will see favor. And your brother, Ham, his son, Canaan, will always be your slave. Why? Because dishonor always is subject to honor. And there are people in this room right now, and you're, you're mad at God. But your frustration with God is a dishonor that God cannot honor. And because you're angry, because you're mad, because you're dishonoring God, you are always going to be subject to those who honor. No wonder some people never lead, even though they think they should, even though they're gifted to, even though maybe the circumstances say they should be the one. Everything about Jonathan's life said he was supposed to follow up, but he recognized that he wasn't. He was confident in who God called him to be, and he said, no, David's the one. And when you honor, you won't be subject to dishonor. God takes dishonor very seriously. Very seriously. You're not going to lose your salvation. But it will limit this life. In Numbers, there's a story about a woman named Miriam. The Bible says this Miriam was, 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 uh, was an interesting character. She's the sister of Moses. She's, she's got some opinions. The Bible says that Moses gets married to this woman and Miriam and her brother. They don't agree with Moses' decision. And so they make this statement. They say this. They say, um, they say, I know God speaks to Moses, but God also speaks to us. And the Bible says that God hears it because number one our honor is tested by how we treat the success of others number two our honor is tested by how we treat the failure of others but number three our honor is tested by how we treat god-given authority in our lives she says god speaks to us too the bible says and god heard it so god tells moses he says moses i want to meet with y'all i want to talk to you and God meets with them and he talks to them. And he, he says something so powerful to Miriam. He says, why were you not afraid to talk bad about Moses? Because talking bad about Moses is to talk bad about God. Because the Bible teaches that the authorities that we have are actually set by God. Whether we like them or not. Whether we think they're honorable or not. Let me give you a verse, in, or let me give you a bunch of verses. Romans chapter 13. We don't like this verse. We don't like any of these verses. We'd rather throw this chapter out of the Bible. 
Romans 13 says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. This isn't, this isn't even talking about church authority, pastors, prophets. This is talking about your, your government, your local government, <laughs> your national government. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. Amen. He didn't say the good ones. So there's no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment upon themselves. This New Testament is after the cross. And this is not in a, in a nation like America where we get to elect our leaders. This is, this is two people who are occupied by the Roman government. This isn't about whether you like Trump or Biden or Obama or Clinton or whoever or Bush or who. This isn't about that. This is God gives us authority. It's our role and our job to respect and honor that authority. And if we do, it will go well with us. Jesus doesn't even give people license who are under Roman control. Christians are being put to death. And Jesus doesn't even give the Christian license to disrespect and dishonor authority. Paul says it's, it brings judgment upon you. Rulers are not terror to good works, but to evil. Don't break the laws of the land. For, do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good. <laughs> For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Excuse me? Therefore, you, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sakes. For because of this, also just pay your taxes. Man, it hurt to pay my taxes this year. Last year was an incredible year for me traveling. And when I travel, I don't have a ministry set up. So I don't have people give to my ministry. And then I take a, a, a check out of, those, out of that ministry. They just write the check to me. And, and all through the year, I'm spending that money and forgetting to put money away in taxes. And the tax man came to me this year and said, you owe X amount in taxes. And I just thought, why did I tell him how much I made? I could have just <laughs> lied like so many other people. I've done this every under every administration. I paid my taxes. When I liked them, when I didn't like them. When I agreed, when I didn't agree. He said, pay your taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. He's saying Caesar is God's minister. This blows my mind. This takes away from me every right that I think I have. Listen, can I, can I help you understand something? Just because something is your American right doesn't mean that it's your kingdom right. And as a Christian, you are subject to a kingdom... 
And that kingdom demands something of you that maybe even your government doesn't demand of you. So we cannot confuse that. It's hard for us as American Christians to understand kingdom because we live in a country where we have a a democratic style of government. We can elect our leaders. We get mad at them, we can pick a different one. We never are supposed to dishonor them. This is amazing to me. This This might be shocking to some of you. This might hurt some feelings today because you're going to have to rethink your post. You're going to have to rethink what you say. And, and listen, listen, Miriam, when she talked about, about Moses, she did it between her and Aaron. And the Bible says God heard it. This isn't just about guarding your post because if you can guard your heart in private, You can keep your mouth off of people's names in private. (laughs) Man, you can do it on social media. Miriam dishonors Moses. The Bible says that when God finished meeting with them, that the cloud lifted. And when the cloud lifted, the Bible said Miriam had leprosy. It said her skin was white as snow. And Moses pleads with God. He says, God, please don't do this. And, and listen, this is, what, this, is how God, this is how God responds to Moses. He says, Moses, if she would have done this to her father, he would have spit in her face. And if she would have been spat on, she would have had to leave the camp and be outside of the camp for seven days. Why? Because honor is a principle that God cannot allow us to violate. So because of that, now she's got, she's got leprosy and leprosy is so indicative of what happens with us. Leprosy is, is a disease that makes us have to isolate from everybody. Makes us have to step back. We can't be a part of the community. And I've realized that sometimes People cannot connect to a local church. People cannot connect to to your life. People cannot connect because because it's God's discipline on their life. Because they have something that's contagious. Dishonor is contagious. And if dishonor gets in the camp, it'll spread through the camp. And so God has to keep dishonorable people on the outside of the camp. So sometimes your inability to connect is not because people aren't trying to help you connect. It's because God won't allow you to connect because there's dishonor in your heart. And God won't allow you to pollute that environment with your dishonor. Oh, my gosh. Why did I have to preach this the week before I leave? Like, I could have, like... In the middle of leprosy affects your nerve endings, makes you unable to feel. There are people in the room right now, and while other people are crying, you feel nothing. While other people are singing, you feel nothing. While I'm preaching, you other people are receiving, you don't receive it. Why? 
dishonor. Makes you unable to feel, unable to receive. It makes you feel like you're on the outside looking in. How do I change it? I start to honor. How do I turn that tide in my life? I start to honor. I start to honor people who are doing better than me. I, I don't look at people who are successful and think, my gosh, they had to do something evil to get there. My gosh, who are they stealing with from to get that vehicle? My God, who'd they, who'd they have to kill? who they have to sleep with to get that job? I don't, want, I don't dishonor people that way. I honor God because when I, when I honor people, I honor God because to honor God is to say that every person that is created is created with inherent value given to them by God. And I see them as someone that Jesus died for. I have to see you as someone Jesus died for. Even when I don't like you, even when I disagree with you, even when you've done the worst things imaginable, I have to look at you and say, they were designed by God with inherent value. Jesus died to save them. And as long as there's breath in their body, redemption is still possible. And so I'm not going to talk bad about what God created. In Acts chapter 10, God comes to Peter in a vision and he says, Peter, rise, kill and eat. Peter wakes up and he says, what are you talking about? God says, don't call unclean what I have called clean. Struggling to understand it. The Bible says that he gets word that he needs to go and he needs to meet this man Cornelius and he decides to meet with this man. Even though this man is not Jewish, it's against Jewish law for him to meet with this man. The Bible says he goes and he meets with this man and he tells this man, I, now I understand the revelation that God gave me. And he says this in Acts chapter 10. This is, this is extremely powerful. He says in Acts chapter 10, he says, God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Man how that would change the way we see the world, how that would change the way we see our elected officials, how that would change the way we see our family and our friends, how that would change the way we see our neighbors. I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Wow. Let me give you one last story in the Bible. And I'll pray for you because it feels like you need prayer. So do I. Because I have to obey this too. <laughs> In Matthew chapter 8, the Bible says there is a, this story is pretty much the exact opposite of what happens in Mark chapter 6. Matthew chapter 8, the Bible says there's this man that comes to Jesus. And he says, hey, uh, my servant sick and he's dying. I need a miracle. And Jesus says, hey, I'll come with you. I'll, I'll, come, I'll come over. And he says, no, no. He, he, first of all, he honors God. He says, who am I that someone like you would enter into my house? I honor you. I know who you are. This is not a Jewish person. This is someone who is a Gentile. They are outside of the covenant he sees Jesus for who he really is. And he says, I understand you. And he says, no, listen, I also understand authority. 
So all you have to do is send the word. And in the same way, I tell the people who work for me, who are submitted to me to do something, and they go and do it. When you send the word, I know that the word will go do what you told it to do because I understand as a man under authority what authority looks like. And the Bible says that Jesus turned to everybody and he could not believe the faith that was in this man. What was the faith connected to? His understanding of honoring authority. That's why faith honors God and God honors faith. So the Bible says Jesus sends the word and his servant was healed. Why? Because he properly understood what honoring authority looked like. Man alive, this will change our lives. This will change our world. You, you see the anger, you see the frustration, you see the yelling, you, 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 see, the, you see the throwing things back and forth, the insults. And, and as soon as somebody disagrees with us, it's not enough that we disagree with somebody. Now we've got to completely annihilate and destroy them. We've got to cancel everybody we disagree with. And God is not about cancel culture. He's not a God of dishonor. He's a God of honor. If we're going to really take the limitations off of the church, and take the limitations off of our lives, we've got to become people of honor. I've got to look at you and see the value that you have. I'm going to give you these last three things, and I can't go into them, but I just want you to have them. Honor is connected to how I treat people who have nothing to give me. Number five, honor is connected to how I treat people I disagree with. And number six, honor is connected to how I treat what God gives me. The Bible teaches us that if we honor God with the first fruits of our increase, then he will honor us. And our barns will overflow and we will have plenty. There's, do you see that? Are you, are you connecting that just a little bit? I know it's hard to in 40 minutes on a Sunday morning talk about the, this, this theme that runs through the entire, the entire Bible. I'm telling you today, you want to see things begin to kind of shift in your life. You want to see limitations taken off your life, your relationships, your finances, your friendships. Let's be people who honor. Amen. And when November 3rd comes and goes, no matter who is elected, we're going to do what scripture tells us to do. We're going to, we're going to honor our authority and we're going to pray for whoever that person is. Christians have done a bad job as a whole praying for the president when the one they didn't want to get elected gets elected. You usually spend the next however many years complaining and criticizing and that's not what God wants from us. He wants us to honor our authorities. He wants us to pray for them because if anything can change someone it's the prayer of righteous people. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous availeth much. You want to have influence in the White House? Pray for the White House. You want to have influence in the courthouses? Pray for the courthouse. Don't talk bad about them. Pray for them. Amen. Let's stand on our feet. We're going to develop that. We have a culture 
point here eh, that, that we're all about people. Every race, every background, all types of situations, no matter where they've been or what they've done, we're about people here. It's a culture of honor. Whoever walks in the door, we honor. Whoever, who, whatever they look like, it doesn't matter. We honor them. We honor them. If they come in here stumbling drunk, we show honor. If they come in here smelling like the world, we show honor. If they come in here high as a kite, we show honor. If they come in with a suit on, we show honor. If they come in without a suit on, we show honor. We show honor. Because they're gods. Jesus died for them. And we're called to honor them. So Father, Jesus, name, help us. This is not one of those things that we just say, you know, that's, that's easy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing that today. No, God, this is something that's got to get deep within our hearts and we've got to begin to change our attitudes, the words that we speak in private. We've got to begin to pray specifically for people who we disagree. It's hard to hate somebody and pray for them at the same time. We've got to begin to, to change our, our behaviors. Our, so this is, this is something that's going to take some time to develop in all of our lives because for every one of us there's some levels of dishonor because there are some levels of limitation and so we're asking you to help us be people of honor so that we could take the limits off of heaven so that we can open ourselves up to that favor and blessing that comes from honor we thank you for it in the name of Jesus we pray and everybody said amen Amen. Well, I love you so much. And if you need prayer, we'll be down here around front. Thank you for being here today. And we'd love for you to leave out these side exits. And if you're going to go out this exit, please go to your left. We'll see you soon. God bless you. Oh, okay. Of your